Those of you who are standing in the aisles might be particularly interested to learn that the Washington Post published a study this week that some of you might have read listing the average sermon lengths for different American denominations. <laughs> Our Baptist and Evangelical brothers and sisters tend to average north of 40 minutes. It's very good news for you this evening that mainline Christianity, progressive Christianity, of which the Episcopal Church is a part, tends to be somewhere under 14, and I am firmly below average. <laughs> but I'd like to start tonight with a story. It might not at first seem like a Christmas story. There aren't any reindeers or elves or beautiful snowy nights in it. But bear with me until the end, because I'd like to make the case that it is a Christmas story all the same. The story is true. It was originally told by a woman named Auburn Sandstrom. She told it on The Moth, which those of you who are NPR fans might listen to. It's a storytelling program. And the story begins with her as a young woman, curled up on the floor of a dirty apartment as her baby cries. She's decided to stop using drugs, and she's suffering from withdrawal. She's realized that her life is falling apart, and that if she doesn't change something, she's going to lose custody of her child. She's completely alone. Her husband is also lost in addiction. She cut off her family years ago, refuses to have any contact with them. And as the night wears on, she gets sicker, and her despair grows. She remembers all the ways that she's endangered her son, the ways she's failed him, the friends she's lost. In her hand, she has a sweaty piece of paper that she's folded and unfolded a hundred times, and on it is a phone number for a Christian counselor. She hasn't talked to her mother in years, but her mother keeps writing her letters. And recently, one of them said, since you can't seem to talk to anyone else, if things get really bad, try this guy. And so as the night gets darker and darker and more and more desperate, she punches the numbers into the phone, hoping that someone picks up. And it rings, and someone does. And as soon as they say hello, she says, I got this number from my mother, and things are terrible, and can I talk to you just for a moment? It's 2 a.m., she's clearly woken this man up, and she hears the sounds of sheets rustling as he sits up in bed and says, okay, tell me what's going on. And so she starts to tell him about her life. And at first she'll only admit that things are not great, but it's only temporary, she just needs to make some small changes. But as she keeps talking and he keeps listening, she can feel this deep, kindness, this compassion coming from him. He doesn't judge, he's just with her, he's present with her in the midst of her pain. So he, she starts telling him the truth, that she's addicted, that her marriage is abusive, that it's all falling apart, and he listens and he listens, and as the sun comes up, she realizes that she's made it through the night, and in her heart, she starts to feel something like hope. And she also feels overwhelming gratitude toward this Christian counselor on the under, other end of the phone who's gotten her through the night. 
And so she says, listen, I really appreciate what you've done for me. It's not really my thing, but if you're supposed to give me Bible verses to read or something, it's fine. So he laughs and he says, I'm really glad this was helpful. And she says, but no, seriously, I get that it's your job and if you wanna invite me to church or something, I'll go, it's really okay. And then he says, listen, I didn't wanna say this earlier because I didn't want you to hang up, but you dialed the wrong number. (laughs) She never learned the name of the man she talked to on that night, she never talked to him again. But she says that day after that phone call, she experienced something that she called and the Gospels call the peace that passes all understanding. And it was the beginning of new life for her. She's now a high school principal. Her son's graduated from college. And it all began with this desperate wrong number in the middle of the night that the right person answered. Now, why am I telling you this sort of harrowing story on Christmas Eve. How in the world is this a Christmas story? Sure, it's a story of human kindness, and that's always appropriate on Christmas, but I think it's more than that. The reason I ended up sort of ugly crying in the car when I heard this story on the radio is that when I listen to it, what I hear is the story of the endlessly patient and persistent love of God. A story of how even when we have put up every possible barrier, God keeps trying to reach us. Think about how alone this woman was. She was estranged from her family, from her friends. She was walled off from anyone who could possibly help. All she has is this phone number in her hand. It's her only link, and she dials the wrong number. And somehow, in that impossible situation, in spite of everything, God's love finds its way to her through the kindness and the compassion of this stranger. And that, to me, is the message of Christmas in a nutshell, that God loves us so much that God will go to any length to connect with us. That's what the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem all those years ago was about the beginning of God's greatest and most miraculous bid to connect with us, to know us, to be known by us. I don't think we mean to, but as human beings, we put up so many walls, so many barriers to real relationship with God and with other people. Think about it. Think of all the barriers we put up inadvertently. The belief that we don't need God right now, that things are going okay, that we're fine on our own. Our fear of vulnerability, the sense that we've been hurt in some way and we don't want to get hurt again, that can be a barrier to God. Our own fears, our fear of how our life might have to change if we really start taking our faith seriously. Our fear of being judged and found wanting. All of those are barriers that we ourselves put up, and then there are the external barriers that our culture does a pretty good job of maintaining. Barriers that come between us and God, us and the big questions of life, the constant pressure of work, busyness, our schedules, our smartphones, keeping up, staying ahead, making sure that no one sees how hard we're paddling. 
walls and barriers between us and real life, between us and God. And all of the Bible really is a story of God's efforts to reach across those barriers and connect with us, to draw us into the kind of relationship with the divine that results in abundant life. From the beginning to the end, the Bible is a story of the way human beings resist intimacy with God and one another, and the way that God persists in reaching out to us. For Christians, the story of God's persistent love for humanity culminates in Jesus, born in Bethlehem on this night all those years ago. Jesus, God come to be with us, the most direct communication possible, the very presence of God here on earth. Because that is the only kind of communication that can't be misunderstood, isn't it? Presence. That's what we want and need, not someone telling us what to do, not someone fixing things, but someone coming just to be with us in our pain and in our joy. It's what Auburn Sandstrom found on the other end of the phone that night, someone to be with her. And it's what God gave us this night in Bethlehem so many years ago and what God offers still today the very presence of God with us. The only thing that we need to do is to respond. We tend to think that we're the ones doing the searching for God, for meaning, for salvation, whatever that means, for help when we're hurting. But we are not searching for God half as hard as God is searching for us. We think we're the ones doing the looking when actually we're the ones who are found. There are all kinds of walls, all kinds of barriers that we build between us and God, between us and others, some of which we build ourselves, some of which are built for us. But God breaks through everyone. And if we are willing to respond to that offer of relationship to open ourselves truly and fully to God, God with us, God within us, God around us, the whole world can be changed. Amen.